You know, I shared with my wife, I know she didn't have a very good night's rest because of her back and stuff bothering her, but, you know, normally, uh, after working the way I've been working at night, I just, boom, <laughs> I'm out, you know, and sleep through the night, but I didn't have a very good night's sleep last night, and I believe it's because, I believe it was spiritual. There's one that didn't want this message preached today, and that's Satan. When Gary looked at the bulletin, I know last week I shared what Gary was saying and was talking about praise and, and uh, wasn't going to step on his toes and, if, you know, if he'd left early, he left early, didn't be offended. Because uh, last week's message was a, a good, easy message, right? Amen. About praise and how important praise is. But, you know, when I realizing, thinking about this, how closely knitted these two messages are together. Praise and worshiping God and standing against the powers of darkness. Yes, because when we're praising God, Satan doesn't like that. Right. He hates it. He despises when we're praising the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He hates it. He flees. So these two, really, I didn't even realize that until just, just a little while ago, that they are closely knitted together. Amen. When Gary looked at the title, he said, It's war. That's all he said. And how true. So we'll go with his title. But now I titled, Stand Against the Powers of Darkness. Stand Against the Powers of Darkness because it is war. Before I begin, I'm going to call on a volunteer to pray. We have a long pole with a mic on it so you can pray, but we need to be able to make sure that everyone listening online can hear as you pray. Justin will bring the mic, and it's covered with a protective guard that will be replaced every week. So do I have a volunteer to pray before we begin, begin this morning? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we call on you today to open our hearts more than you ever have. We're dealing with a subject, Lord, that is a spiritual darkness. There are wars in heaven and there are wars on earth, Lord, and they're going to continue and they're going to increase. Yes. There's something working on this world in both directions. And Lord, yes. we're going to learn about our adversary. We're going to learn about this terrible being who has been hurting our world forever. We are in his territory. Yes. So by all rights, this is his kingdom. This is, a, this, is, this, is, this is not our home. Our home is in heaven. Amen. And Lord, Ronnie's going to tell us today about, you, about this evil, evil, evil that's in, that's in the world and in, and in the skies. He has many titles, and one of them is the Prince of the Power of the Air. What does that mean? It sounds awful big to me, and that's just one of his titles. And Lord, we ask that, you pay t that we pay total attention. We don't get distracted during this. It's one of the most important subjects that people under have to understand. And Lord, Ron is going to make this clear to us. Give him the power to do that. In Christ's name, we pray all this. Amen. 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 Again, thank you, John. As I prepared this and, and looking over this and reviewing it, I realized it. I'm not worthy to bring this message because it's, it's just so powerful. Stand against the powers of darkness. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And I know I'm going to have to pause and speak about some things as we just work our way through this. Paul, the Apostle Paul, brings us this word. Finally, my brethren... So make sure we understand that this is the last chapter in Ephesians. 
that Paul has given them directions and, and, and how to live their Christian lives. So he's winding this letter down as he begins. Finally, my brethren, he's speaking to the church. So church, this word is for you, my brethren. Very first thing he says in, be strong in the Lord. My friends, we are not to be strong in our own strength. Not in my power and my might because it's nothing in this spiritual battle. But be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of His might. So make sure that we, if we get anything, make sure we understand that. that it's our strength is in the Lord and it's in His might and not our own. There is power just in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you don't know anything else, speak the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. Verse 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, put on the whole armor, friends, not just part of it. You know, you think about all that has been going on in our world today. You think of the protest, and we know that we have what they call protest police that will go out there, and these guys have armor, don't they? They have these big shields that they carry, to protect, because a lot of these protesters have all kinds of things they're throwing, right? Rocks, bricks, whatever, you name it. They get these mobs going and they're just, they're out to destroy. My friends, who has come to kill and destroy? Satan. So Satan's using them. So anyway, so we got these protest police. They are supposed to have their helmets, their shields, their, probably their bulletproof vest, their shields and everything. And they go out there to try to get control of these mobs. So what if one of these policemen said, well, you know, that helmet and that shield is just so uncomfortable, I don't think I'm going to wear it today. And he goes out there and gets whopped in the head with a rock. Well, he's going to have a big old gash on his head because he didn't put on his whole armor. You know, I was thinking of this and I had to chuckle when I was a young child when we were down in Baltimore and... I was at my grandparents' house, and the, the backyards, of course, you know, you think of row houses, and they have narrow backyards or not much of a yard, and it had walls between there. Well, I was playing with the kids in the neighborhood. We were having a good time, and I don't even remember. We were playing hide-and-seek, but I was hiding from one of them. And he climbed up on the opposite side of the wall and dropped part of a brick down on my head. So I had a big old gash on my head because I didn't have my armor on. I didn't know I needed armor for hide-and-seek. But we need to make sure we have the whole armor, friends. Not just part of the armor, but all of the armor. We're going to get into the armor. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but we need to have it all on, not just one part. Not just the sandals, or not just the shield, or not just the helmet. We need it all. The whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, take the shield of faith, 
with which we will be able, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So there are six pieces of armor there. We must have every one. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the Word of God. Amen. We need every last one of them. Then most importantly, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His holy word. You know, I believe that one of the, the greatest failures, and this is just me speaking, I believe one of the greatest failures of the modern day church is to recognize that we are at war. I'm not playing on Gary's words. I had it here. I really I already had it in my notes. I'll show you. That we are at war. And I believe that many in the modern church today fail to recognize that. Or I should say they fail to recognize that we are supposed to be at war against the spiritual forces of darkness. Many Christians would rather just ignore that. Well, that's just too much work. It's too scary. I would rather just go on and live my comfortable life, enjoy my life, and enjoy my leisure, and, oh, Lord, just deliver us from this crazy mess. The Lord wants us to be involved in the battle. He wants us to be involved in this war, in this battle. We are called to be involved in this battle. So don't just forget about your comfort and get in the battle. Amen. That's just probably the easiest way to put it. And realize that we are at war. There is a real war raging every single day. Right. The evil that you see happening all around our nation and all around the world is happening because of the influence of spiritual forces, the spiritual forces of darkness working in and through men and women. They are working in and through men and women. It is real, as real as we are standing and sitting here today. There are spiritual forces at work. Even though we can't see them, we can see the effects of what they are doing. My friends, the greatest war is a war for souls. The souls of men and women. I'll say it probably numerous times. Satan has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he wants to destroy man before they have an opportunity to believe on Jesus Christ. He wants to keep as many people out of heaven as he can. The imagery that Paul uses in Ephesians was that of a Roman soldier. And a Roman soldier needed to be strong, they needed to be watchful at all times. And they needed to be ready and willing to fight and to fight well at all times. And there's a reason Paul uses that imagery. Because we as Christians need to be the same. We need to be strong, what to say, in the Lord, in His might, and to be watchful at all times. He said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It is not against the man or the woman that we see doing or thinking up this evil, friends. It's not against them. 
We are not called to go get our guns and go get our swords and go get our spears and go get our clubs and go out there and fight against those natural people. That is not what we are called to do. I know we may want to sometimes. But that is not what the Lord is calling us to do, friends. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood. We have to separate and understand that it is the spiritual forces of darkness working in them people. So our work is not out there with our, our guns and our weapons, but our work is in prayer. It is in the spiritual battle. That, would, that is where we must go. It is against a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, is what Paul says. We'll break them down. Principalities. Principalities in biblical times was known as a state ruled by a prince or a governor or a satrap. It was usually a relatively small state or a state that falls within a larger state or a larger nation, such as the Roman Empire. But it can be that which holds or has held rule over a population. So taking that, a principality can be that which have, has dominion over the confines of a larger dominion or a smaller dominion. But it has rule over it. Control over it. My friends, are we not seeing a lot of that today? Control? Rule over our lives? When you look at what's happening in our nation and all around the world, have you ever seen governments take control over the people the way that they have in recent months? Yeah, they probably have. But they're doing it again. Now listen. I'm going to be talking about spiritual stuff here. When it comes to COVID, this COVID pandemic, I understand the great need to keep people safe. I really do. I understand that. You know, even with the regular flu, what is the best thing to do? Stay away from people. Stay home. Stay home. My wife has a flu. I might go sleep in the other bed, right? Stay away from people. That's the right thing to do. It is. And friends, I know that this pandemic is, is deadly. It is extremely contagious. It's, it's a lot worse than regular flu. I understand that. I understand the need to stay away from people to keep it from spreading. What are people's most common fear during this time of pandemic? Their most common fear, one, is that they're going to contract it. Right? which is driven by the common fear that I could die if I get it because it is very deadly. It is more deadly than the normal flu. Many, many people have died from it. So friends, those fears are real. I am not wanting to make a political statement here, but I want to look at this from the spiritual perspective. God did not cause this pandemic though He did allow it. So friends, I know that we've all seen all these conspiracy theories. We've heard this and that and all this. Who's to blame? They're wanting to blame the President. They're wanting to blame China. They're wanting to blame this. Well, let me tell you who to blame. Who did I say comes to kill, steal, and destroy? Please blame Satan. You've got all the quiet. Blame Satan. Because I assure you, he is the one out to kill. He is the one out to divide. 
He is the one out to destroy. We, have, we are seeing so... I know that there's been division. There's been division forever. I mean, look, our nation was in a civil war. Brother fighting against brother. Father against son. Cousins against cousins. There's, all, there's been division, but we are seeing great division because Satan comes to divide. Satan comes to kill. Satan comes to destroy. It is spiritual. And that's where we are to battle. In the spiritual realm, in the heavenly places. Satan does not want you to believe or even know that there's a spiritual war going on. Because if you don't know what's going on, you're not going to stand against it, right? He doesn't want you to know what's going on. He doesn't want you to believe that He is real. Do you believe this word that I just read? Do you believe that the Scripture is inspired by God? He says, we battle against not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So He is real, friends. If you believe the word, believe what I just spoke. You know, at times we realize it would be a lot easier to battle this enemy if it wasn't invisible, right? We could see what we were battling against. But it is an invisible enemy that we are battling against. Paul was persuaded that none of these things, whatever comes against us, would be able to harm us or separate us. Even though we can't see them. He says in Romans 8, 36 through 39, 37 through 39, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, another thing Satan wants us to do is be afraid. We do not need to be afraid. Because one thing I, can, I just spoke it to you, we have the assurance that nothing can separate us from the love of God. This pandemic can't separate us from the love of God. The rioting can't separate us from the love of God. Satan cannot separate us from the love of God. Principalities or powers, none of this, none of these things can separate us from the love that God has for Amen. you. Stand in His power. Stand in His strength. We do not need to worry. We do not need... That's easier said than done, I realize. But we do not need to worry. Because Christ has disarmed the principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. That's from Colossians 2, 15. Amen. He has disarmed the principalities and powers. And who is our Lord? Jesus, Jesus is. If He disarmed them... We have the victory, friends. We have the victory. We need not fear the prince of darkness because he has no power and no authority over us. We should have no fear of death and no fear of his evil forces of darkness. Amen. No fear of the fallen ones. We have no fear of the things to come the things that have passed or the things that are present because we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He is called the Prince of Darkness. 
My friends, Satan is the natural enemy of the church, natural enemy of the Christian. You know, he doesn't have to work too hard with the world, the unsaved, because he already has them. He already has them in his sway. You know, you're either for Christ or against him. And those that are against him, Satan already has them. He has the world going about their business, going about their lives, thinking everything's fine. They think life is smooth sailing. My friends, they don't realize that their ship is sinking. They don't realize that. You know, I know that we've all heard that story of the frog in the pot. You put that frog in the pot in the cool water and you just turn that heat up real slow, real slow, real slow, just a wee little bit at a time. It'll get hotter and hotter and hotter. But that frog will not leap out because you turn it up gradual. But that frog will just sit there in that pot till it gets up to a boil and it'll just completely destroy and kill him. My friends, I feel that's where many of the unsaved are in the world. That water's getting awful hot, but they think everything's okay. Life's going smooth. Everything's good. Satan has blinded their eyes. He has blinded their minds to the truth. 2 Corinthians 4, 3-4 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The world has blinded, Satan has blinded the eyes of the world. My friends, our eyes are open to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those who are walking in darkness, those who don't believe, are unaware of the huge problem that's coming upon them one day. Revelations 20 Verse 11 through 15. Reveals the problem that's coming upon the world one day. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in them, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to their works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My friends, those that don't believe have a huge problem, and there's their problem. Their names must be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If the names aren't written, if your name's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we need to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul received his mission directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. The writer of Ephesians received his message, his mission directly from Jesus. In Acts chapter 26, 17, through 18, 17 and 18 says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people and from, as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of their sins 
an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. God called him to go to the Gentiles, to open their eyes that they might turn from the darkness and turn to the light, to turn from the power of Satan to the power of God. Friends, that is the church's mission, to go and proclaim the mysteries of the gospel, that eyes might be opened, that they might turn from the darkness and turn to the light. That is the message Satan does not want the church getting out there preaching and proclaiming. He wants people to remain in the darkness that they don't see the light. I'm going to go back to Acts in a moment. How do we, how do we the church, get involved in this spiritual battle? How do we get in this battle between the forces of darkness and the forces of light? How? How do we get involved in that? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer, my friends, is not only talking to God. It's not only taking our petitions to God. But it's battling in the spiritual realm. He wants us to be involved in that battle. His plan is that we would be involved in that battle. I can't explain why God wants us to be involved in that. If you would, envision. Envision in your mind God's heavenly forces. His angels up there. They've got all of their weapons ready. They've got their shields. They've got their whatever weapons they have. I don't know what their weapons look like. But there they are. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready for battle. And they're standing there. But my friends, you know what they need? They need the power of prayer. They need us to call on them. To call on them to be released to go and do battle in the heavenlies. Are you calling on God's angels to be released? This wasn't in my notes. Are you calling on God's angels to be released? To go and do battle in the heavenly places. Think of Daniel. Daniel cried out to God for his nation. The first day, nothing happened. He cried out to God, well, more than once a day. Daniel, we know, prayed three times a day. Fasted and prayed. He prayed again the second day. Nothing happened. He prayed again the third day. Nothing happened. Three weeks, 21 days, friends, before the answer came. And Michael, was it Michael? Gabriel said that they was doing battle in the heavenlies. The forces of darkness have withheld them from coming. But Daniel then spoke to the angel. That tells you that we have to be involved. We must pray that God's heavenly forces would be strengthened, that they would be multiplied in numbers, that they would do battle, that they would repress and tear down the enemy. Destroy the enemy. We must do that. That's our part as believers in Jesus Christ. My friend, Satan is a liar. He is a liar and a deceiver. I want to go back to Acts a little bit here and talk about Paul. And talk about the transforming power of the light of, God, light of Christ. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Then Saul, 
who became Paul, make sure we understand that, Saul who became Paul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, meaning any who were becoming believers in Christ, whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? My friends, this is Jesus Christ the Lord speaking to Saul. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, I don't know if you're catching what, I, what he's putting down there. There is Saul... He is totally against Jesus Christ in the church, in the, in the birth of the church. He's trying to bring it to a stop. He goes and gets letters. If I can find any, any of the way, any believers, I'm going to bring them bound back to you that we're going to stop this spread, this thing before it spreads all around the world. And the Lord appears to him. The light, what's it say? The light shone around him. The brightness of the light of Christ shone around him and what is the first thing he says? What do you want me to do? There's Saul working for the forces of darkness, and immediately when the light came in, Lord, what do you want me to do? Can you see that? The light in the darkness, the light came, the darkness is gone. My Amen. friends, Amen. the spiritual forces of light dispel the darkness. We are child, children, child, we are children of the light. And we are to do battle. And whenever we do battle, the darkness will flee. The darkness will flee. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Immediately went from being an agent of the forces of darkness to one of the most powerful Christians ever to walk the face of this earth. Through prayer. Through prayer. We call on His angels to fight on His behalf, to fight for the church. God has equipped us with the spiritual weapons that are capable for pulling down spiritual strongholds, casting down evil imaginations, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? He's given us the weapons to cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, to bring, it into cap to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. My friends, obedience is such a big part of this. When our obedience is fulfilled, when we are faithful, faithful to Him, He is faithful to us. Amen. He will equip us. Let's go to the weapons. 
Paul mentions spiritual weapons that we are to use in this spiritual battle. On a pause. He doesn't want us just to get all dressed up. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, if the sergeant calls on his squad to go get your gear on, go get your weapons, does he want them just to look good? No. He wants them to be ready. He wants them to be in the battle. My friends, God doesn't give us this list just so we'll look good. He wants us in the battle. He wants us to fight, to stand for Him. James 4.7 says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. Luke 10.19 says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Jesus says, I give you the power and authority. So let's begin. The belt of truth. It says, Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's a different version than probably what I've read. Some translations might say, having girded your loins with truth. Now that's not something we commonly would hear today, is it? No. But in ancient days, men would wear long robes that would kind of get in the way. If they're out there trying to work, right? You've got that big old long robe hanging down there. It's in the way. If you're trying to work, you're trying to fight. So you'd have to gird them up so that they'd be able to fight. Gird yourself with the belt of truth. We must be truthful. Amen. Satan is a liar, is he not? Right. So if in our lives, you see where obedience comes? If we are a liar, how are we going to fight against the father of lies? We can't. Gird your loins with the belt of truth. Make sure we are truthful in all that we do and all that we say. We must have truth. The breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness means being made right. Being made right with Christ. The scripture sometimes refers to the righteousness that Christ gives us. It is His righteousness that makes us righteous, right? Righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness protects the heart. Amen. We need to be completely right with Christ Amen. if we are going to do battle with Him against the forces of darkness. We must be right with Him. The enemy, my friends, will tempt you with all kinds of sinful entanglements. But we need to make sure we protect our hearts. Obedience to God is the protection for your heart. The protection from being wounded by sin. We are called to shod our feet with the gospels of peace. Peace is an attribute of the Lord's very person and character, isn't it? In Greek, peace means oneness or wholeness. The gospel, which means the good news, is the forgiveness of sins and access to oneness with God Amen. through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that oneness with God, friends, will bring you peace. Even in the midst of all that's going on, Amen. when we have oneness with God, we can have peace. 
even in the midst of the battle, we can have peace. One of the easiest ways for the enemy to succeed in shaking us from standing firm is to tempt us with worry. Make us anxious. Make us afraid. My friends, there's a word that's used many times in the gospel. Well, a couple words I meant to say. Do not be afraid. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Or the angel said, do not be afraid. We don't need to be afraid because He is with us. He cares for you and He loves you. Do not be afraid, but have peace. Have peace in here. We must take the shield of faith. When Paul wrote this passage, the Roman soldiers of that day would carry a shield that was covered with a heavy animal hide. And before the battle, they would dip their shield into water so that when the fiery darts hit them, that the damp shield would extinguish, extinguish the flames. Similarly, we Christians need to have our shield of faith. We need to dip it in the water of God, the water of God's Word, so that we can quench the fiery darts of the enemy. We need to be strong in our faith. If we aren't strong in our faith, how could we ever go out to battle? We must have the assurance of our faith. Our faith in Him. The helmet of salvation. My friends, salvation comes at the very moment we place our trust and our hope in the Lord Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. And in His death and resurrection for the payment of our sins. But salvation is also worked out. It's a lengthy process. The helmet of salvation, like the breastplate of righteousness, rests on the work of Christ, not our own. It's allowing the Lord's salvation to work in our thoughts. In our thoughts. That helmet protects the mind. Amen. Lord, let every thought that enters this, mind, enters this mind, let it be holy, let it be righteous, let it be pure. We need to get control of our thought lives, our minds. Surrender them to Him. That's putting the armor on every day. Lord, guard what comes in here. It's part of your armor. Fill it with the things I need to know Amen. to do battle against the enemy. Amen? The sword of the Spirit. Well, I just lifted it up, didn't I? The sword of the Spirit. It is the Word of God. It is the only piece of armor that is both defensive and offensive. When we are tempted, the most effective weapon that God has given us as believers is the sword of the Spirit. Amen. The Word of God. Jesus modeled this for us, didn't He? When He was tempted in the wilderness, how did He stand against the devil? He said, it is written. It is written. My friends, we must know it. Or else could we say it is written? We must believe that this is the inspired Word of God Amen. and that it is true. And we must stand on it. I believe this is our greatest weapon to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because it is written. He can't harm us. Our names are already lit, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. 
No matter what He does to us, He cannot separate us from God. He can't separate us from the love of God. He might want you to think, oh, you're, you're not worthy. But my friends, we are worthy because of Christ. Amen. So just push all that doubt and fear away. And speak the name of Jesus. And speak His Word when we battle against the enemy. Praying. Praying. Praying and praying and praying. And stand against the wiles of the devil. I think it is our most important job. My friends, if we're to go out and witness, we need to pray beforehand. Amen. Pray and bind the forces of darkness. Pray that the ears would be unstopped. The Word said that Satan's blinded the eyes of the unbelievers. We need to pray that their eyes would be opened, that they be healed, that they would see the light. We can't look too lightly at how important the spiritual battle is for even witnessing and revealing the mystery of the gospel of Christ. We are called to stand against the powers of darkness in all things. Amen. And we are able to stand. And when you have stood, then stand. Amen. Maybe we should say we should kneel against the powers of darkness, shouldn't we? But you know, I don't care if you're kneeling, I don't care if you're laying down, I don't care if you're driving, I don't care if you're walking. But be in prayer against the forces of darkness. Amen. He wants to divide he wants to divide the church. He wants to divide your nation. He wants to divide the world. As Karen already spoke it, I don't know if she was looking at my notes or not. But if it, has, if it is trying to divide, friends, it is of Satan. That's right. That's right. So know where it's coming from. You've got to know your enemy. Amen. But if it's trying to unite, if it's trying to unite in peace and truth and godliness, then we know it's of God. So we know whose we are. We can't be part of that division. That's a good word too. Maybe next message might be unity. I don't know. But we must be part of the unity, brothers and sisters. You know, I'll just keep on going. I spoke of there's one God, one truth, one Lord, one peace, one faith. We're all part of that. Amen. There's a lot of different name tags out there. But we serve the one true God. I shared with Justin this morning. We know that there's Methodists, Presbyterians, and Baptists, and Catholics, and on and on and on and on. But there's one God, and Lord of all, and it's Jesus Christ. Even in the churches, we can't be part of that that divides, but we must be part of that that unites and brings together in Christ Jesus, our Lord, our one Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Get in the battle. Get your armor on. Every day, daily, get that armor on and pray. I think we can change things. Amen. I think that we can put an end to this pandemic because we've got to realize the spiritual side of it. Right. Let's speak against it. Let's pray against it. Let's rebuke it in the name Amen. of Jesus Christ. Amen. I think we can get a grip on all these protests, all this disruption across our nation. When we go to prayer, Amen. I think I believe that we can. Amen. Do you believe that, church? Amen. Give me an amen if you believe that. Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's 
Get in the battle. Get your armor on and let's get out there and fight. Get out and fight. And our fight is praying and releasing and calling on the power of God. Not our power. Again, I'll go back to the beginning. But let's call on Him and His power. Let Him use you. Amen? Amen. Amen.